Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Rachel Hollis podcast. And I'm feeling really groovy because I'm recording this for you on the full moon, which if you listened to last week's episode, then you know why I love the full moon and how it's really important to me. And last week, if you didn't get a chance to listen yet, I talked about my full moon rituals, which sounds a little wild, but if you go listen to the episode, you'll understand. And I'm pumped because tonight is full moon and I'm going to celebrate my best friend's birthday is a week from today. So around here, we celebrate birthday weeks, not just birthday days. So we're going to kick off her birthday week tonight on the full moon. We're going to have a full moon dinner. Uh, I think we might go jump in Barton Springs, which is a full moon thing here in Austin, Texas, if you're not familiar. But yeah, we got all kinds of fun plans and I'm excited. But before I head out to do that, I am going to spend a little time with y'all and talk about success. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Success. Well, I've been thinking about this topic a lot lately because I am in the midst of building a new routine for myself. So any time in life that I feel like things are getting a little stale or I'm not feeling as productive as I want to feel with work or the things that I'm doing, I'll shake up my routine and I'm feeling like I'm needing it right now. I think I'm feeling like I need it because the seasons are changing. And when the seasons change, it affects our body, it affects our nutrition and what we're craving, it affects how we're feeling. And that to me brings by an awesome chance to look at my life and to see what's working and what's not. And I'm in the midst of building a new routine in order to feel more productive and more aligned with my days. And in doing that, I'm going back to some of the habits that I used to have in the past and maybe I let go of or for one reason or another, and also pulling in some new things to try because I love to elevate my process and figure out how I can do things better. But in the midst of doing that and building a new routine, I've just been thinking a lot about what are the habits that make us successful. And there's a bajillion books on this and YouTube videos you can watch and other podcasts you could listen to. But I thought it might be helpful for y'all if you're in a similar season to hear some things that may be helpful and that maybe you need to hear again for the first time. Notice I said hear again for the first time. I'm always astounded when people kind of mock the idea of personal development or working on yourself, self-care, self-work. 
it's always interesting to me when people make fun of it because they're like, well, none of these authors, none of these podcasters, none of these coaches, none of them are saying anything I haven't heard before. It's like, all right, brother, if you've heard it before, then why aren't you doing it? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I've heard it before. Yeah. And if you were actually implementing those things you've heard before, you would be in agreement with the fact that they work. So no, stop. Even if you've heard something before, it doesn't mean that it's stuck. I don't know if y'all have experienced this, but I feel like I've experienced it a million times where like I was at a conference or I was in a church service or I was in just some, maybe with a friend and they said something I'd heard a million times before, but in that moment, it was exactly what I needed to hear on that day. So I'm going to share just a handful of ideas and maybe you've heard them before, but maybe you need to hear them again, or maybe I'm about to blow your mind. Maybe I'm about to tell you a successful habit that you can incorporate or something you can do to be more successful and you're going to like pee your pants because you never thought of it before. But either way, that's what I'm digging into on today's episode. And I guess we should start by saying these are in no particular order. So I did not rank these from like most important to least important because honestly, if I was going to make a list of things that I think make you successful, it'd probably be like a hundred numbers long. I just wrote four. So bear with me. These are four of many practices that I have, but they were what was speaking to my heart today to tell you guys. So this is where we begin. And the first one is a doozy, something that we know, but that we often don't do. You want to be successful in any area of your life. You want to be a successful partner, parent, leader. You want to be the first person in your family to make a million dollars. You want to get out of debt. You want to be stronger in your faith. I don't care what you want to be more successful at. And in fact, it's one of the reasons I love the idea of personal development so much is because you could be pursuing anything. You could want to build a billion dollar company, a nonprofit, or just be the greatest stay-at-home parent the world has ever known. It doesn't matter. All of it is applicable to the idea of success. You want to be successful in that area. So the first thing that I thought of that is necessary is you taking full ownership of your life experience. You taking full ownership of your life experience. That means you cannot blame anyone for anything. You cannot blame anyone for anything. Let me unpack it. Ownership is one of the most powerful things that you can give yourself. It's why if you've ever been to Rise Conference with me before, each day of conference is dedicated to a different kind of ownership. Own your past, own your present, own your future. You have to take ownership of your life. That doesn't mean that there aren't people who hurt you. Of course, there are people who hurt you for real. Of course, there are bad things in the world. Of course, those things are true. Ownership doesn't take away what has happened. It doesn't make you responsible for the evil perpetrated on you by other people, by society, by your family, by whatever. Ownership says, I cannot control what happens to me, but I can always control my response. That's ownership. Ownership says, I will no longer blame 
anyone or anything for my circumstances. And that's like freaking bold. I have a friend right now. I was just telling her this yesterday. I have a friend who went through a really bad breakup a while ago. And in all outside appearances, her life is moving on beautifully. You know, like it looks really beautiful. But on the inside, she's so angry. She is so bitter. She's pissed off at her ex. I mean, it's it's a lot. And I think that because we're friends that maybe I get a side of her that other people don't see. Or I think because it's me and I tend to ask people deeper questions and maybe I get some deeper answers. I just instinctually feel like she is anchored to the earth by this rage. And so I finally said something. Because part of me was like, you know, she's freaking entitled to her anger. He did a bad thing. But I was like, no, dude, it doesn't matter what he did. For the rest of her life, she may hold on to this anger and this bitterness and this rage for the rest of her life. He'll freaking go on. He'll date 20-year-olds. He'll live his best life and not look back. Or maybe he won't. Maybe he'll change and grow and whatever. It doesn't matter. He's on his own journey. What matters is my friend and how she's able to move through her life. And maybe good things are happening and maybe all that. But it if you still got this rage in your belly, and here's the thing, rage in your belly, hers is directed very specifically at her ex. That's going to permeate every freaking thing that you do. Every day she's going to wake up and she's going to be like, that mother effer. He did this and he did this. And when things don't go right, it'll be his fault. And when there's traffic getting to her new apartment, she's going to be like, yep. And if I lived in our place, then I wouldn't have to go through. Everything becomes about him and what he did. She can hold on to the truth because it's true. He did something bad to her. She can just sit in that, right? But is that going to make her better? Is that going to help her heal? Is that going to turn back the hands of time and make it so she doesn't get hurt? The thing is, blaming someone else will never work out in your favor. Never. Even if you are righteous in what happened to you. When you blame them for the circumstances of your life currently, it never serves you. And everything that we're doing In this conversation you and I are having, in the work that I am doing, in what you're trying to get through while you're reading books and listening to podcasts and trying to better yourself, everything we're doing is about becoming the better version of us or living a life more abundantly or having more opportunity. This is about success. You want to have success in your life? Then you have to take ownership of your life. Ownership. And that means asking yourself, okay, it's been 18 months. Why do I still have so much rage? It's been four years. Why can't I let go of this thing? What therapy do I need to do? How do I need to process? Because you're in that too, right? The boss who let you go from the job that you loved, the person who broke up with you, the person who cheated on you, the school that didn't let you in, the, oh my gosh, I have this 
like family member who wanted to be a fireman. It's just like, I just remember the story, wanted to be a fireman. And in the like, I don't know, 70s when he was young, he applied to be a fireman one time and didn't get picked. I don't know how the process works to be a fire person, but he didn't get picked to like go through the training or for whatever reason. Or maybe he went through the training, but he didn't get hired. I don't remember the circumstances. I just remember that he still to this day, this was in the 70s, to this day, talks about the fire department in his town, all fire departments. It's all a scam. It's all rigged. It never works out for him. He could have been a fireman. That's what he wanted to be. And just so we're clear, he went on and lived, has lived a great life, has been successful. But but if you see a fire truck or if someone brings up dreams of your, like he will launch into a story about how he was passed over for the job of his dreams. You applied for a job one time and it ruined your life because you didn't get it? I guess you didn't want to be a fireman. Give me a break. Like you tried for something once and it didn't come to fruition and so your whole life got thrown off? I I've you all have heard me say this before, I'm sure, but I feel like when we try and do something, when we call a shot, it gets hard. The thing we're pursuing, it's hard. And I think that it's hard because you're trying to work up the muscle and the strength to be able to have the life that you want to have. So you wanted this life. You tried once. It didn't go the way you wanted it to. And you gave up. But he takes no ownership of that. He can't even see that as a possibility. I don't think it has ever occurred to him in 46 years that he could have applied to different departments or looked at other cities or pursued becoming an EMT and then becoming, like there was no alternative solution except the one he decided. And when it didn't work out the way he wanted it to, he blamed everybody but himself. Ownership says, I want this dream and I'm not gonna stop for anybody or anything until it's mine. If that takes a year or five years or nine months, I'm gonna keep pursuing this goal. Ownership means you can't blame anyone. And look, I was at a conference. I was at a business conference years ago. The first time somebody said, every problem in a family or a business is the result of the psychology of whoever is at the top. Let me say it again. Every problem in a business or a family is the result of the psychology of whoever is at the top either because that leader does not have the skills that are necessary to take the business to the next level or because that leader puts people in positions of power who should not be there. Either way, it's the leader's fault. And when this guy said it, I was like, oh my God, I knew it. It's all my fault. And I had like a full-on spiral. Every bad thing in my life, I was like, it's all my fault. And then I realized... There is something so powerful about it being my fault, my responsibility, this thing that I am owning. If I look at it that way, I can remove the shame and just see it like, wait, holy crap. If I'm responsible for this situation, if I'm the problem, that means I'm also the solution. So if you take full responsibility for your life and your experience, that means 
that you're in control of the experience. I talked about this in, yeah, I talked about this in last week's episode with the full moon. I was saying my boyfriend and I were at the grocery store and we were in a really long line. It was taking forever. And we were like, quick, let's look for things to be grateful for. So we're just like so grateful for everything around us. I do this in traffic all the time. I do this when I'm frustrated with my kids. Now, I can let the experience that I'm inside of dictate my mood or I can take ownership of my experience and how I react to it. Stephen Covey said, carry your own weather. What he meant was carry the sunshine into the room with you. Carry the sunshine into the grocery store. Carry the sunshine into your place of work, into your house of worship, into your home. Like you get to decide how you show up. But if you want to be successful in any area of your life, you got to take ownership. You got to take ownership of the successes. You got to give yourself credit for all the things you have done, all the ways you have pursued something better for your life. And you have to take ownership of why it's not working yet. What do you need to learn? What do you need to know? Who do you need to reach out to? Are you putting in enough time? Are you putting in enough effort? Do you need to put in less effort? Do you need to release? Do you need to let go and let God? Do you need to, you know, have the universe take control? Do you need to have rest? Like there is an answer to whenever things aren't flowing the way that they're supposed to, there's always an answer. If you take ownership then you take your power back. Because when we blame other people, when we're mad at other people, we are giving away our power. We are telling ourselves, we are reinforcing every day that someone else is in control of what happens to us. That someone else can make our life worse. That someone else can do this. That this person did this thing to me and I'll never be able to get out of it, right? So you have to decide to take ownership. That's, I think, the first and most important thing that you can do in this process. And it's worth saying, as I go through these ideas, sometimes when we hear conversations or we go hear a speech or we go to a conference, maybe we get a bunch of ideas and we get really pumped and we try and incorporate all the ideas at once. I'd love for you to just ponder one of these at a time. Like for me, if I needed to hear like, oh, you need to take ownership, I'd probably take a week and just unpack that myself. Like I would journal about it. I'd think about it in the car. I'd pray about it. I'd meditate. I'd do all of these things on that one topic and really try to come to some resolutions and some ideas on just that one area. Because I think all of these can affect every area of your life. But if we try and do too many things at once, we just end up hurting ourselves and our ability to be effective. Second thing, to be successful. (laughs) So I wrote down, constantly review your goals, and then I literally crossed it out and said, be laser focused on your goals. That's in all caps, be laser focused on your goals. I sometimes worry that y'all are gonna be like, stop talking about focusing on your goals. Because I've done a hundred podcasts about it. I've written a book that involves it. I have an entire line of journals that talk about focusing on your goals. But I just, as long as I keep feeling in my gut that y'all need to hear it, because I still need to hear it, and this is my life's work, I'm going to keep telling you to focus on your goals. 
the first question here would be to ask, do you have goals? Do you have goals? I read the other day, I like super bummed me out. I read the other day that 80% of Americans say that they do not have a goal in their life. 80% in my wildest dreams. It's like, we don't see life as it is. We see life as we are. So because I am so goal oriented, I just assume everybody has at least one goal they're working toward. And a goal can be personal, it can be professional, it can be for your family. You could have a goal to learn how to make the world's greatest apple pie. You could have a goal to run a marathon. You could have a goal to get out of debt. Like there's a billion goals you could have, but you gotta aim for something. If you don't aim at something, you're never gonna hit any target. You're kind of wandering through life oh, this Tuesday was pretty good. I had four crappy days in a row and then I had another good day and maybe there's a little bit here. You're not aiming at anything. You're not trying to get any better. You have to have goals. I have goals for every area of my life. I have active goals for how I wanna show up as a mom, how I wanna show up as a girlfriend, how I wanna show up for y'all, how I wanna do this podcast, how I wanna be as a manager on my team, like, what are, what are my goals for my health? Like, not only do I have the goals, they're everywhere. They're everywhere, which is, I'm gonna get into in a minute. This is my idea of being laser focused. They're constantly in front of my face. But before I get into how to be laser focused on your goals, can we just really quickly talk about goals? When I read this thing about 80% of people don't have a goal, I tripped out and then I was like, my my kids know they're supposed to have goals, right? Because I taught, I mean, bless their hearts. These kids are listening to me nonstop. You know, I'm talking about what are you attracting into your life and how to deal with different things and how to be at peace and how to move your body. I mean, they're getting a lot of information all the time. But the other day I was like, they have goals, right? And we set goals at the new year. And, you know, those are sort of big life things and how they want to show up and the kind of friend that they want to be. But I was like, they know that they should, you know, have, right? So I'm driving my 13-year-old to baseball. My 13-year-old's big into baseball. Shout out to my sports moms, to my baseball moms, to my football dads, to my hockey moms, to my soccer moms. Shout out to anybody who has a kid with like multiple practices, multiple games all weekend. I did not know this was gonna be a part-time job, but it is, but he loves it. And I wanna support him in all the things he wants to do. So we do a lot of driving around here, but I'm driving him to practice. And I said, hey buddy, you you have a goal? Specifically about baseball, because I know that something he's really passionate about. So I'm like, "Do do you have a goal for baseball this season? And he's like, what? I'm like, well, you said you're you're working on, you know, you want to be catcher. Like, how's that going? And he's like, yeah, I mean, like, I, there's some things, you know, I want to do. I don't, I don't know. I don't really have a goal I'm working on. And I was like, okay, well, and I told him what I told you. That's fine. But if you want to get better in anything, you actually have to give yourself something to focus on. And I said, or by the way, if baseball's just a really fun thing that you do, and you're like super happy with it and you you don't need any kind of change, then we're good. And he's like, no, no, I, I really want to get better. I want to improve. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay, well, then you need to have a goal. 
So it can be really specific. Like I want, oh gosh, I'm going to show how much I don't know about sports right now. But like, let's say you want to work on his batting average. Um, So you want to improve your batting average by a specific amount, or you want to get this many hits this year, or you want to you know, strike out this many players, or you want to get your fastball up to a certain miles an hour. I guys, I don't know. I'm making up things, but you you got to be working towards something. Because here's the deal: all of the things I just told you about Sawyer and baseball, all of those require totally different journeys to get to that destination. Are you tracking? So if he wants to throw a fastball that's faster, that's very different than if he wants to get his batting average up. That's very different if he wants to work on how he shows up as a leader. Those all require different skills and different journeys. So if you're just being ambiguous, you're telling the universe like, yeah, I want more success. More success in what? More success at watching TV? More success at cooking? More success at business? You have to be specific and call your shot. And sometimes when we call our shot on the way to the goal, we find out, oh my gosh, it's actually not this. It's not even the baseball that I like. It's being on a team. And so I'm going to move in that direction. But if you don't have a goal, you don't give yourself anything to work on, right? You're not very productive. You go into a work day. Let's say, you know, you're, you've got a side hustle and you tell yourself you're going to work, you know, three hours on the weekend and you go to those three hours and you just kind of fart around, right? You just like look up stuff on the internet. You post something on social. You check an order status. You do... You don't get anything done because you didn't set a goal with anything specific in mind. If you told yourself, my goal for my small business is that I'm going to have a a post on every single social platform for the next six weeks. Well, if that was your goal, then you could go on Saturday with your three hours, get into a scheduling program and do everything in advance and be done. Boom. Next thing. My goal is I'm going to do outreach to 10 potential clients every single day. Okay, great. What am I going to need to get that done? Give yourself direction to head. You can find a map to anywhere. I can find a map to Alaska. I can find a map to London. I can find a map to get to anywhere from where I am, but I got to have a destination in mind. Otherwise, I wander aimlessly. So have a goal. I like to have 10 goals, 10 goals that I'm working on in sort of the the hopper. Um, If you can't see me, my hands are like waving around my head. That's what I'm calling the hopper. I got 10 things that I'm working on in different areas of my life that looks like financial, business, relationship, motherhood, faith, contribution, et cetera. Within those 10, there's always one major goal that I'm working on first. If you're part of the Start Today community, then you're familiar with this framework. But for me, there's 10 that I'm working toward and then one that is the main focus of my life currently. Now let's talk about laser focus every day, every day, every day. You have to review where you're going. That's what the Start Today Journal is. You can go listen to episode 72 of this podcast and find out more information. You can go look up stuff. You can make notes in whatever journal you have lying around. That's how I got into this practice. Every day, I start my day. This is why the brand's called Start Today. I start my day with gratitude work and goal setting. Gratitude work, goal setting. I have a journal. I do my gratitude work. And then I write down 
every day the same 10 goals. And then the bottom of the Start Today journal says which goal I'm going to work on first. Every day I write down the same goal that I'm working on. I have my goals written on index cards. Every day I review those puppies multiple times a day. If I feel discouraged, if I feel like I'm not being productive, if I look at the clock and happen to notice that it's 2.22 or 5.55 or some sort of magic manifesting number, I'm like, okay, I'll use this as a moment to review my goals. And I review them with energy and with joy and I visualize it in my mind. Guys, this takes like less than 10 minutes. I just go through and be like, okay, the app community has 100,000 thriving members. That's one of my goals, 100,000. And please notice my language. First of all, I'm using, I'm, I'm stating my goals as if they have already happened. I don't say I want to grow the community. I don't say I wish we had, I state it as if it has already happened. The Rise app community has 100,000. And then, because I like it to be specific, thriving members. I don't just want members. I don't want people who pay the $9.99 a month and don't do anything. I want members in my community who, I don't want perfect people, but I want people that are like, damn man, I'm trying and I'm going to fall off, but I'm going to get back on and I'm going to love on myself and I'm going to love on other members of this community. And we are thriving. We're becoming better. We're taking care of our health. And maybe that looks like taking a walk or doing a meditation or drinking some water or doing a gratitude practice. But dang, we're all over here trying to do our best. 100,000 thriving members in my app community. I write it down in my notebook. Write it down in my Start Today journal. I write it down. It's on. It's actually usually, they're usually clipped to the front of my notebook because the notebook's always with me. And so I just review them all the time. I have a Pinterest board. Y'all are like, she's going. Yes, laser focused. Where am I headed? Maybe not everybody needs this, but I can get distracted. I can get anxious. I can get focused on other things. And I just want to keep reminding myself, nope, I am in charge of my response to the world around me. And I have a lot of dreams for my life, for my family, for the impact I want to have on the world. And that looks like I have to keep heading in the direction that I'm going. And if I'm not careful, especially in COVID world where we're working out of the house and all of these things, if I'm not careful, I can get distracted by things that are not my goal. So I want to keep laser focus on the direction. Also, it inspires me. It makes me feel excited. If I can keep coming back to the vision of what will be, of what I want to create, it gives me the momentum. It gives me the motivation to keep going. What's that old quote about motivation? Oh, I forget who says it, but it's like, motivation doesn't last, but neither does bathing. That's why you have to do it every day. So laser focused. Index cards. I review several times a day, journaling in my Start Today journal, journaling in my notebook, Pinterest board. I used to do vision boards where I'd like cut out a magazine and like tape it or glue it, but I really like Pinterest. It's so easy. And if you've ever used it, once you start to pin things, it'll just like automatically suggest stuff to you. I love the visual of it. I love that I can see pictures of the things that inspire me, like not only do I have the Pinterest board, but also in my house, I probably have 10 bulletin boards. There's a bulletin board in 
multiple rooms. There's a bulletin board here in the TV room. There's a bulletin board in all of my kids' rooms. And I'll I'll take a picture so that you guys can see what it looks like. But right now I am looking at, there's pictures of my family and pictures of my friends, but there's also images of a horse ranch, more than one horse ranch. There's pictures of women riding horses. One of my um, goals in life is to have a horse ranch here in Texas. And there's a picture of a beautiful uh, kitchen garden because I'm going to plant a garden this spring. I'm really excited about it. And there's a picture of Iceland because I really want to go to Iceland. I've wanted to go for several years. I actually want to take all my friends and go. And then there's a picture of me and my best friend Rosie um, in the ice. We were ice fishing and I have that there too because it's just sort of like, Iceland and us in the cold and whatever. But I just am constantly reinforcing to myself the life that I want to build and where I want to go. The last thing I'll say about laser focused on your goals is the last five or 10 minutes before you fall asleep at night is the most important thinking time you'll do because you're giving your brain information and oftentimes our subconscious can work out things in our sleep that we can't do in the day because we have too much stimuli. So when I'm going to sleep, I'm thinking about the goals and I'm also thinking about what are the things that I'm gonna do tomorrow or that I need to do tomorrow that are gonna get me closer to where it is I'm trying to go. All right, I'm gonna do just three goals today. I already know, because this is one of those where I have all these ideas and they're gonna go too long. So maybe I'll turn success into a series. If you guys are liking this, hit me up, screenshot it, tag me on social, hit me up in DMs, let me know, or call the hotline, we'll put the number in. Let me know if if you like the success thing. The weird thing about podcasts, it's not always easy to tell which episodes do really well. So I basically judge it based on what people <laughs> post on the internet and go really wild for on the internet or on social. Uh, so let me know with this one. But real quick before I go to the third, I just want to say one more thing about laser focused. When I have these ideas and I'm focused on the goals, a practice that I've developed that really helps me, I don't know if it'll help y'all, but I think you guys maybe have heard me talk about before having a results list, not a to-do list, but what are the results that you want to produce? If you haven't heard me talk about this, I wrote about it pretty extensively in Girls Stop Apologizing, which is you can get anywhere and also you can get on audio, but and you can get to the library. You don't have to buy it. Uh, but a results list is like, what are the results that I want to produce today? So something that helps me, having my goals in front of me, is I will fill an entire page with all of the stuff that I need to do or the results that I want to produce. Just a brain dump. Like I want to get things out of my head. I just want to get them all down in one place. And then I will go through immediately and ask myself, which of these things is not directly associated with something that's in my goals? Because I'll get really like weirdly specific on like fix the color pink on the 10th page of the website, right? Or like right now, oh my Lord, don't even go look. Our The Hollis Co. website, which has been in the process of being changed for so long, is it's a crap pile. It's so ugly. I'm the first to admit it. Like the website is so hideous and it's confusing and it's all of these things. But all the things that I'm doing and have been doing for months 
that's just not a high priority. I want it to be beautiful. I like aesthetically pleasing things. My blog is beautiful. Like other starttoday.com is beautiful. But this website, which is sort of this like combination of all the stuff is just hideous. But dude, when I look at my list currently, that's like so far down. It doesn't in real time affect any of the goals we're working on as a business. It doesn't. So for me, I can't, as much as I'd love to, as much as it would be great, I have to say no to the things that are not results that I need to push my goals further. We as a team sit down once a week. We're like, what are we working on? What are we doing? Like, If you're in our last 90 days challenge with us, We're producing so much content right now for last 90 days. That's priority. I would rather come my I would rather keep my commitment to my community, show up with this free content the way I have for the last five years, keep doing great work with y'all. That's more important to me than having a pretty website. So don't worry, someday that website's gonna be sick, but it's not a priority. So I have to say no. So when I make my list, I allow myself to put everything on that page that my brain thinks is important. And then I just go through and it hurts. Some I literally right here, I have from yesterday, there's stuff that I'm like, oh, I really want to get that done. But I crossed it out before I even tried. Because I'm like, girl, you only have so many hours in a day. And you're not just trying to show up as a leader. You're trying to show up and create this content. You're trying to show up as a mama. You're trying to show up in all these ways. So if that's the case, you've got to prioritize because I look, I'm here for hard working. I have been working hard for 20 freaking years, but I'm not here for burnout. I'm not here for burning the candles at both ends. I'm not here for a hundred hour work week. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I will not live my life that way. I've made those mistakes in the past. I've worked myself unto death in the past. And so if I want to achieve my goals and still live a good life with my kids, be a good mom, be a good human, enjoy this life experience, then I've got to get real strict about what I am willing to commit time to. I have a yoga teacher I take her class like once a week and she says this thing I love. She always ends class and says, remember, energy is currency. Use it well, invest it wisely. And I'm like, ooh, girl, some people need to hear that they should not be investing their energy in these unwise ways. You should not be investing your energy in people who don't give you any energy back. You should be saying no to anything that isn't aligned with the person you want to be or the life you want to have. If you are laser focused on your goals, if you keep reminding yourself where you're going all day long, then you're going to have very clear guardrails about what to say yes to and what to say no to. Okay, this is my third one. And like I said, please tell me if you like this episode and I will do another one on it. It's going to take full commitment, full commitment. Let me explain. I don't mean it's going to take everything. Give it your all. Push harder. Like when I was coming up in business, I still think this is very much the culture. There's a lot of like bro entrepreneurs. And like I dig it, man. I'm here for a bro. Like I'm I'm a guy's kind of girl. I get along with dudes real well. But there is like bro culture 
in the entrepreneur world that's like, push hard, do this, eat the blah, blah, right? And I, there's a time and a place for that and there's energy for that. And there are definitely times in my earlier entrepreneurial career where that really inspired me, but not anymore. Yeah, I think that it inspired me because I didn't know another way. And I actually really believe in my heart that there's a feminine energy to bring to entrepreneurship that allows you to still be incredibly successful, maybe even more so. And I don't mean feminine energy. When I say feminine, I don't mean feminine like girly. I mean feminine like divine feminine, goddess energy, the intuition that women have, the sort of unique caring that we bring to a situation. It just is different. And I think that when the feminine and the masculine energies are balanced in us well, it does create a beautiful balance. And when you're sort of going like, oh, kill yourself for the energy to, you know, run yourself into the ground to be able to like do all these things, that's just wrong. Yes, there are seasons where you are going to have to sprint. There's still seasons today where I have to sprint, but that's not meant to be your life every day. And if you're burnt out, if you're run ragged, if you're, you got to ask yourself why. Something's broken in your process. You need a different system or a different process. Or the influence that you have in your life is not the influence that you need. So what do I mean by full commitment? I mean that you have to be fully invested in the changes that you are making in order for them to stick. The biggest most profound changes I have experienced in my life are when I had a never again moment. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, and I hope to God you have a moment where you can, but there have been moments in my life where things that I never thought I could quit, I just, that fast. And it wasn't hard, and it wasn't a debate, it just changed. Now, sometimes that happens for us because we get ourselves into a situation where the alternative is so bad that we're not willing to keep doing the same thing. So for instance, when I was like 16 years old, my best friend Kim and I got a hold of a bottle of, I think, Cuervo. It still makes me want to vomit. Gold, Cuervo gold, or it couldn't have been. It was like the cheapest whatever gross tequila we had. I don't know if she stole it from her mom or like got it from her sister, but we decided that we were going to drink some tequila and we drank, I don't know if we drank a lot or we just drank some and we were 16 and we hadn't drank anything before, but we, oh my Lord, I thought we were going to die. I, I mean, where you're just praying to the porcelain God, you can't stop there. It was horrible. To this day, if I see a bottle of like brown tequila, I will gag. I'm 38. I was 16. I was 19 one night at a party and I smoked an entire pack of cigarettes. Oh, I, I'm going to make myself throw up. I was trying to be cool. I was with like cool kids. I wanted to be cool. And I was drinking enough that I didn't pay attention to how much I was smoking, but I smoked a ton. And they were American spirits, which if you are not familiar, they're unfiltered. It was like something I'd never experienced before. And I went home that night and threw up forever and never smoked a cigarette again. 
uh, and it was the like it's a it's an experience like you've had something so bad happen that nobody needs to convince you to not touch that thing anymore. It's like that scene in The Holiday, which I just watched for like the 20 millionth time the other day. You know that scene? I hope you know that scene. It's like the best movie ever. That scene where Kate Winslet like finally gets over the guy that's been treating her like crap. He like pushes her one inch too far and she's finally like, ah, I'm free. You have a catalyst where the other extreme is so bad, you'll never go back. It's a never again moment. I've also experienced this by choice. So just in the right circumstance, in the right, you just make a decision and you stick with it. I was a vegetarian for three, maybe four years. That happened in a spur of the moment decision. I just was like, I want to try and see if this would make my body feel better. I, I don't eat meat anymore. And I did it for a very long time. I've done this with different categories of food to sort of see if it would make my body feel better. And I think in the instant, what works best if you're trying to have a, a never again kind of moment is full commitment. I don't say I want to give up. I need to give up. I'm going to stop doing. Because when you do that, your subconscious just focus on, focuses on, I want to, I need to, I'm going to. Those are just to-dos. But when you stay, when you say it, so like with me, I was like, I don't eat meat anymore. I don't drink from single use plastic water bottles. I don't fill in the blank. Like it's a, it's an affirmative, like never again statement. This, you know what it is? Um, here it is. It's you shifting your identity because all we are trying to do as humans subconsciously, we are just trying to reinforce the belief that we have about ourselves, who we believe we are. So if you want to have a catalyst for change, you have to shift your perception of yourself. So I just did this recently. And I think it's such a good thing. And when you make a decision like this, you can feel the difference when it's real. I don't know if you all know what I'm talking about. There's you make a decision, you can like feel it in your bones that you will not go back on what you said you're going to do. And I did this recently and I love this choice for myself and I can't believe it took me this long to get to it. But I no longer buy or wear new clothes. I no longer buy or wear new clothes. So if I want something new for my closet, it's going to be vintage or secondhand. And that decision is just because I'm very conscious of the world. <laughs> I'm very conscious of how much stuff we have, of how this affects us in terms of the environment and the impact that it has on us with carbon footprint. And frankly, I don't need more clothes at all. None of us need, right? We don't need these things, but we like them because they're pretty. And I'm not against, you know, getting yourself a blouse that makes you feel great. But I also have been wearing vintage clothes since I was little. In fact, growing up, I never had new things. Growing up, I, I remember my Aunt Linda managed a Salvation Army. And so she was always getting like the best vintage stuff. And then I was the I was the third daughter, so everything I got was hand-me-downs. Sometimes I got hand-me-downs for my brother, so I never had new things. Then when I went to school, Goodwill was what we could afford. And honestly, I think I swung so far the other direction when I got my first job and when I started to make a little money, not even good money. I was so excited to be able to shop because I never got to have new things before. 
And I remember what made me feel wealthy for the first time. I felt wealthy when I could go to Walmart or Target and buy something without looking at the tag. That was like rich. So I think that I have loved buying stuff because I didn't have that when I was little. But I just have been thinking about it for a while and we've been talking about it and I tend to buy a ton of vintage anyway. And and when I say vintage, yeah, some of it's like, I have a vintage concert tea collection. Some of those are expensive. Some of it's like $10. Like I freaking love a Goodwill. I will, oh my gosh, I was in New York with my two oldest boys and my oldest son loves vintage too. So we were like going through the Goodwill, like finding all the fun things. And my 13-year-old son was like, what are we doing here? We're like, you'll get it someday. But I had, I, I buy vintage anyway, but yeah, it was just this really conscious decision. I was talking to my boyfriend and we were like, what are things that we could do that really reinforce, you know, we're already conscious of like water and reusable and recycling and whatever. And it just popped in my head. I was like, I'm not going to buy new clothes anymore of any kind. Which is worth saying too, um, some of y'all are so sweet and you have businesses and you have, you know, you do screen printing or really cool stuff. And I'm so grateful, but I thought I'm going to make an announcement about that because with gratitude, um, you know, you send it to our PO box or whatever, and my assistant will pass things off to me that she knows I'll love. But um, yeah, I'm not going to do new stuff anymore. It feels really important to me. And I would love to encourage you to think about that too, because if we're buying things that are previously owned and you can find great stuff that's previously owned, there's so many good apps for this, but you're, um, it's taking away the ask of the industry to keep producing more and more. All of that to say that it was a never again moment. I realized like, oh, for the rest of my life, I can make this choice. And it means that if, you know, a stylist is pulling things for me for a shoe, it's going to be a little bit more challenging than it was before, but it just feels right. So that was a never again moment. And the big stuff for me has been never again moments. When you fully commit to something, it's a million times easier than when you sort of commit to something. Stick with me. We're here at the end, but I want you to catch this. If you fully commit to something, it is a million times easier than if you sort of commit, if you're vaguely interested. So like right now, I told you, I don't buy new clothes. Well, then I have no reason to go into a clothing store. I'm going uh, to Europe next week to meet my boyfriend's family. That feels wild, you guys. Oh my gosh. I'm not nervous. I'm a little nervous. But I'm going to Europe and I already know that if I wanted to get like a cool sweater or something when I'm there, I'm going to go to a vintage store. Like I gave myself specific guardrails. It's like your goal being in front of you. You need a never again, fully committed attitude about the thing that you want to take on, right? You, if you're listening to this, like you, hopefully you're married, you made a full commitment to monogamy, right? You don't have to guess whether or not you're going to stay faithful to your partner because it's not even a question for you. You're fully committed to that truth or you're fully committed to your faith. It would never occur to you to go worship at um, in a Christian church if you're normally worshiping in a mosque because you're fully committed to your choice. 
it you're giving yourself really clear definition of where you're headed. So if you want to have success, ask yourself, am I interested or am I committed? Because if I'm committed, then never again will I do these things. We have this worksheet that we do at Rise Conference where it's a page and it says, from now on and never again. So never again, we just have them, I have them list. Like what are the things you will never do again? You are committing to never do these things again. And what are the things that you're like from now on? So never again will I drink until I'm drunk, right? That, that's, a, that's a truth for me. You'd ha- something would have had to go terribly wrong. I would have accidentally confused my, you know, my allergy medicine and had a glass of wine. I will never get drunk. That it's not even a question because I just I have such a visceral. I hate it so much. So never again will I get drunk. Okay, well, what does that mean? From now on, I'm going to make conscious choices about when I drink alcohol right? Or from now on, I'm going to be intentional about the food that I take in. From now on, I'm going to drink 10 cups of water a day. From now on, this is who I am. Full commitment. Commitment doesn't mean destroying yourself in pursuit of something. Full commitment doesn't mean 100-hour work weeks. Full commitment means you changing the way that you show up in this intentional pursuit of success in your life. So I hope that I've given you some food for thought. I hope you've got some ideas about how you're showing up in the world and how you wanna show up better. I hope you have had sort of a light bulb moment about one of the things I've said and how it would apply to your area of success. One of the things that I would suggest for you is to look at all the different areas of your life. We actually just did this last week in coaching. If you don't know this, I do coaching every single month. I've got a group called The Inner Circle. It's 47 bucks a month. We did a live coaching this time, so it was two hours live on the idea of how to manifest success in any area of your life. And I'm teaching practices. In this instance, I was teaching sort of this marriage between the law of attraction and manifesting and also just practical ideas for achieving success. And it's mixed in with people asking questions in real time. And I'm like responding to what people are saying. So it's my live coaching. We'll put the link in uh, the show notes if you want to check that out. But I talked about this last week and you can still access that class. So when you're inside of Inner Circle, you have access to all of my coaching for years. Um, So there's a ton of content in there. But if you want to dig into that class, go grab it. Like go sit with it for two hours and sort of get all the ideas. But essentially what I hope is that you're finding something that you can apply this to. In coaching, we broke out each area of our life. What's the success that we want as a parent? What's the success we want in business? What's the dollar amount? What's the financial place I want to be at when it comes to success? How do I pursue success in each of these areas? So that's definitely part of coaching. But even without coaching, you guys can do that in whatever notebook you have. You got the tools. You just need to take some time and dig in. But I hope this gave you food for thought. If you like this episode, please check in on social and let me know. Or and or share it with someone that you think will dig it too. I will be back next week with a new 
episode. I've got a couple of really cool interviews I'm doing next week. So I think you'll be excited to listen into those. And until I see you then, remember, I love you guys and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. Our show is edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is a 3% chance production.